You're listening to Queers, a podcast about politics and culture with Simon Copland and Benjamin Riley. It's the 24th of August, 2016. I'm Benjamin Riley. I'm Simon Copland. Welcome to Queers. Each episode, we talk our way through questions on a theme, and this week we're talking about the idea of safe spaces and about sexism within the gay community. Two recent articles brought up this topic of safe spaces. Uh, the first is the now infamous article by Nico Hines in the, Daily Be- in the Daily Beast that appeared during the Rio Olympics. Hines' article, titled I Got Three Grinder Dates in an Hour at the Olympic Village, caused a stir after it revealed identifiable information of a number of gay athletes athletes, some of whom came from countries where homosexuality is still illegal. For many, Heinz's article was a symbol of a straight invasion of safe gay spaces, in this case Grinder. A much retweeted tweet from at tone underscore deaf perhaps captured this sentiment best. Uh, the tweet said, quote, This Olympic Village Grinder thing and bachelorette parties in gay bars share a mindset that safe spaces are zoos for straight people, end quote. So uh, we'll come back to the second article a bit later on, but uh, first I want to talk a bit about this one. Simon, uh, what was your immediate reaction to this? Uh, I think like uh, many other people, I was pretty horrified by it. Um, Mostly, I think for two reasons. Firstly, it was the obvious um, how... uh, so Nico Hines didn't name any athletes, but he uh, used uh, quite identifiable information, identified which sports some of the athletes played in, what position they came in in their, in their, in their sport, um, gave a whole range of identifiable information. And it was that was pretty awful. It was the sort of um, forced outing of people who clearly didn't want to be in that position. Um, I think the second element is, and this is what that tweet gets to that really bothered me, was this sort of idea that grinder was a thing that a straight guy, you know, had the right to go into and 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 it was like an experiment for him. You know, that was his his little place to experiment and to, to write something that all the other all his, you know, straight friends could could laugh at. Look at all these gay guys at the Olympic Village and look at it look how many dates I got. You know, that kind of it was it was it was like you know, he wanted to go to have a look at you know, he wanted to download the app and it would be a bit of a zoo for him to be able to write about and laugh about. And and it's kind of an awful treatment of queer people, and I think it's something that happens all the time. Uh, and this was a really good representation of that. A good being kind of a bad word, but like it was, it was an apt representation of that. How yes, about you? Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess for me, the overriding um, response was was much more uh, about the, the the outing stuff. You know, um, coming out is is a very uh, uh, charged issue in in uh, queer communities and and something we will probably return to in in future podcasts. Um, I hope so. And it, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's it's kind of such a, you know, you don't out people, you don't out people, mm. um, and it, it's it's just seen as kind of such a such as beyond the pale to to do that. And particularly in these cases where uh, people were yeah from from countries where that could have potentially severe consequences. I I suppose I don't. It's so funny. I I suppose thinking about the idea, I I, mean, I don't think of Grinder as a safe space. I think um, certainly there's something here about the kind of treating queer people as spectacle and that kind of zoo stuff. But 
I feel like that's more about, uh, I guess, a kind of question of dignity, perhaps, like people people feeling gawked at. Um, more, I, I, yeah, I don't know. To me, the, the safe space thing is, is something slightly different. No, no. I think one of the things that... Um really intrigued me about this this particular story and and it goes to both the the journalist himself who has from what i understand said nothing about this since it occurred he's gone no, very, very silent well. yeah. but from the daily beast as well uh which is the you know their editors and the the organizer and the 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 company that published this article um i think what was really interesting is that i, I don't get the sense that this was malicious or it was like uh, you know, let's let's go and out some some gay athletes because they should be outed. Um, I think what was interesting to me was that it was just blatantly careless, and they just had no idea what they were doing, and they had no idea the impact this could have on on people who who they were talking about. Mm, yeah, and and that that sort of highlighted this to to this to me. This sort of is careless, but it was a mixed. It was also that highlights that sort of zoo element of it. Is this, this is something we can gawk at and we can write about, and it'd be fun. And you know, it's just it's just harmless fun to write this article. The article was really written in that sort of oh, what harmless fun? You know, look at look at you know everyone talks about the you know the sex scene at the athletes' village. Look at all these things I'm talking. You know, I can I can go in and I can prove that they you know it's really really gay as well. You know, ha 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 ha, and that sort of highlights sort of the complete lack of care or concern or just understanding of of what it would be like to be gay in that in that situation. Mm, sure. um, oh that's right because the 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 pitch for the article wasn't specifically uh gay was it? It was yeah, like he, he, he was a, on everything. He was like, on Tinder everything, but yeah. you know and then he made the excuse that oh I was on everything but grinder was the one where I got the hit so that's the one I sure. wrote about. Which is unsurprising. Um, yeah, yeah, which is unsurprising but it's also like, you know, you just didn't understand. You clearly didn't understand. Mm, mm. You thought you had the right to go into this sort of into this app and and act act in this way and you just don't get it um and that that is a problem when you have uh straight people going into these places and not understanding the impact that it, that your presence can have i guess totally although i mean was it uh, i suppose that's where and i don't want to kind of minimize how shit this was because it was it was clearly um terrible uh and and had as i said particularly um, severe, potentially in some cases, life-threatening consequences. Mm, mm. Uh, but I suppose I, I wonder whether. I mean, to me, the fact that he's a journalist is kind of what cha- what changes it. Um, yep. You know that that he uh, then published something about this, um, and that you know the Daily Beast then published something about it, uh, and clearly without people's consent as well. Yes, yeah. So, so I guess um, I, I wonder kind of how we would identify a harm around that if that outcome hadn't been there i mean there are um i was was thinking about kind of other situations where people are sort of unwelcome on grinder uh and you see sometimes you see women on Mm -hmm. on the apps and sometimes you see um yeah women kind of talking about like i've literally seen people like profiles from women saying that they're looking for gay best friends um and people that's another thing that that gay men sort of get so so angry about but i i wonder kind of what the threat is there like what is what is actually being threatened Mm. is it like i'm struggling to articulate quite how that is a breach of safety yeah and i uh, I guess i would probably struggle with the same articulation because i i i 
I don't think it is so much a breach of safety, particularly in a grinder in a grinder scenario in which, you know, if you don't like that person being there, you can you can block them totally, and totally. it doesn't it doesn't there is no it doesn't impede your ability to participate in that particular medium in any way, shape, or form. Um, you can block people, you can do that. It's not like you know it's it's not the same as having you know a women's or queer space on campus and on a university campus or you know and you know having that having people who aren't of those of those identities coming in can have an impact on your ability to participate in that space whereas for sure. Grindr, or like you can Grindr, do for kind of physical safety exactly yeah whereas in grinder you can block someone it, you know it's i can see like a little bit of you know a frustration i guess in the the idea that you know gay men are always going to be a woman's best you know gay best friend and you know we're all more like that i can see some frustration in that sort of stereotyping um but you know safety i, I don't think it is that and maybe maybe um maybe maybe this is where you come back to what you're saying about grinder not necessarily being a safe space or I mean, not gay a safe space. do horrible horrible things to each other in in on oh, grinder you know they're like the these the the apps are often just kind of vile in terms yeah, of like yeah, yeah. you know ageism and racism <laughs> and like body shaming like it, yeah, it gets so extreme so extreme yeah, um, and it's not it's not safe for a lot of it's it might be safe for you know buff white dudes, um, but for anybody yes, else yeah. it's not it's not it's not a particularly safe space. And in fact, the the way people are spoken to um, it, that's far more harmful than a woman being on there wanting to chat to people. Like I that's, would think you know, so. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I, you know that's certainly the case. But people kind of respond uh, like I, I'm often just really shocked at how. Uh, vehemently gay men respond to um uh invade invasions of this space by by people who who kind of can't mm. who aren't sort of marked with this identity uh, and i guess that that goes to um uh to to the rio story as well i mean it's kind of a moot point because the the kind of outcome as i said of publication just takes it to a whole other level and makes that yeah, really absolutely extreme but I, I i yeah i don't know i'm kind of really curious about that idea of like uh w being gawked at you know what what it is to kind of be um mm -hmm. uh yeah treat, treated like a like a zoo yeah and i think that 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 was the for me that was the biggest problem i mean beyond the um the the identify the identification of people that was the biggest problem with the rio article was it, it was the gawkingness it was the come in and look at our look at our place and you get to write about it and have fun with it even if he didn't identify people and i think it could have he could have easily written that article without identifying people in the way he did um it still would have had that icky feeling of look at us gawking at people if it was written by a gay person who had experience with those apps or you know if, if there was some sort of interaction with by people who sort of actually engage on them but it was a straight dude i'm going to download this for fun to try and see what i can get out of it to write something about it and that sort of I don't know. It just felt wrong. I know, but it's, right. I mean, maybe I'm kind of like playing devil's advocate a bit here. But maybe you are. I can totally imagine a gay guy writing a, a, an article that was effectively that as well. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Look, like a gay journalist in the Olympic Village going, "Look what athletes I, you know, could have hooked up with." Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reaction would have been completely different. I think the kind of outing stuff would have been the same, but um, yep. there's there's something sort of uh, categorical here, you know, that that it's like 
the the fact that he is straight is a really kind of important part of that. But I think it is an important part of that. Sure, yeah, it, yeah. Goes, it goes it goes to the part of the completely the complete lack of understanding of of those sensitivities and what's it like to actually engage in these spaces and what's it like to participate, particularly in something like Grinder, mm. where uh, like a, you know he wasn't he wasn't downloading that because he wanted to be on Grinder. He was downloading it for for <laughs> for his article, um, and that 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 feeling of that, that that just creates that feeling of corkiness. Whereas if I think it's different when it's when it's people who who fit into that community, who are part of that community. I suspect a gay uh, journalist might have had a bit more sensitivity around those sorts of things as well if they were to dare write something like that. Sure, sure. Um, hope so. But you know, you also didn't see gay journalists who came up with that idea. You saw a straight dude for the Daily Beast. Yes, who came yes, up with that that's idea. true. Um, so it's, pro- it's probably worth, I think, introducing the, the second article and that'll kind of let us dig into things a bit more. So um, it was uh, by a, a journalist called Shannon Power. She's a, a straight woman, long history of working for the gay community, and she wrote an article in LGBTI newspaper, The Star Observer. Um, she uh, recounts a story of being sexually assaulted by a gay man in a popular gay nightclub in Sydney. And she argues that it's a com- a very common experience for women in gay venues, um, which I, certainly matches with anecdotal evidence that I have heard from, from women as well. Yeah, um, me too. She also says that uh, um, the argument that she hears, she thinks that many gay men believe groping women without consent is acceptable simply because they're gay. And that they, I guess, in theory, don't find these women sexually attract- attractive. Um, so, and unfortunately, I guess the response to Power's thesis has shown to be true in many ways, uh, with many reacting to her article by defending gay men who sexually assault women and by turning it back onto women through complaining about uh, women's invasion of gay space. Um, people in particular have pointed out the prevalence of bachelorette parties in gay bars as if the existence of these parties just justifies sexist behaviour. Uh, so let's sort of dive into this one now. Sort of this will all connect in eventually. Ben, you had a particularly strong reaction to Shannon's piece. Can you talk about your reaction? Uh, I, so I, I guess um, part of it was that I was I've been thinking a lot about sort of sexism and misogyny in gay communities in in part um, in large part because of the the interview that I did at the conference with with Ken and Russell, and we sort of talked a bit about this on the last podcast as well. Uh, and so I, I, I suppose, you know, I know Shannon as well. Um, and so, so, um, part of it was a very sort of visceral reaction. I mean, the, the experience she describes, describes is quite, um, horrible. Uh, and, and I guess, um, part of why I found it so confronting was that gap between sort of talking in theory. We all know that gay men can sort of be pretty sexist and and gross sometimes but to just see these really really concrete examples of not only um gay men sort of having this asserting this sort of ownership essentially over over women's bodies but then defending that defending Mm, something that i would kind of see as fairly indefensible um after the fact and and in on a kind of large scale uh I, i just found really really shocking so um, there were just like lots of people saying things like, uh, yeah, you know, this is kind of w- just what happens when you come into a gay bar, uh, or like lots of people saying, you know, basically saying, we don't believe that this happened because why would a gay man ever want to touch a woman's vagina? 
Yeah, which which goes into a lot of that sexist, oh, you know, women's vaginas are disgusting. Why would gay men, you know, gay men would never want to do that. Ew. Totally. But like, stuff that happens a lot. What a kind of weird gap, though, between saying that, and, and you hear that kind of thing all the time, but the fact that this happened, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. happens, you know, I don't want to say it happens all the time, but it's certainly it is happening in gay bars um, that, that women are being groped. I mean, what the fuck is that, you know? If if you have, like, this, like, what an extreme sort of, um, uh, like, dissonance, you know, between mm. this rhetoric of, like, uh, saying women's bodies are disgusting, but then asserting this complete ownership over them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen as much of the reaction as you have seen. Um, I think it's it's one of those uh, <laughs> one of those ones where it's 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 frustrating and it's awful and yet at the same time for me totally unsurprising. Um, and and you do see this a lot. This sort of uh, feeling that men, uh, gay men can have ownership over women's bodies. It's a, a similar similar way in which sexual assault occurs within uh, by straight men, I think, uh, and that sort of culture or that, that feeling of ownership over women's bodies. But then in a sort of an acceptance of it because we're gay, it's totally okay. And it goes back to some of the stuff we are talking about before about, you know, your sort of, your women are your gay man's best friend. It's totally okay. You know, we, we can do whatever we want. We can, you know, be in the same um, bathrooms together and do each other's hair and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we just have the ability to do that, and that's 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 you know that's just part of the you know the the gay male straight woman friendship thing that goes on, mm. um, and it's not acceptable. Um, it's not acceptable in this sort of circumstance, and I think that. I don't know, maybe it's worth diving into what what this means and some of the tensions behind it, but you know, it's it's. Uh, at the simplest level, it's something that you know we have to think about as a community to react against, and we can't accept that anymore. Totally, and I, I, I suppose I wonder why. I'm interested in in where the really quite extreme reaction um, against the article has come from. I mean, like, why? Do you have any thoughts on kind of why gay men might be so? It's been so defensive, like the kind of defensiveness mm. has been really extreme. Um, why gay men would be so confronted at the idea, first of all, that this would even happen? Um, so I think a couple of things jumped to my head, uh, jump into my head. And I want to just frame this by saying this is not me justifying. It's just me observing the potential of course, yeah. reasons. Uh, I think, first of all, I think there's probably... Uh, an assumption within many in the gay male community that because, you know, uh, gay people are an oppressed community, we can't be doing that to other people. Like, that, not that we can't physically, but that, you know, we, we're just not doing that, you know, because why would we, you know, we're the oppressed ones. We're not out oppressing anybody else. We're not participating in any of these sorts of things. We're part of a minority. So, you know, so any any sort of pushback on that, that um, is sort of a challenge to a status, a, sort of a minority stat, status that gay men have or still feel. Or that, um, and that, um, I think, is a real... Thing, that this sort of a, an inability to challenge our own behaviour because of a status of uh, because of our minority status. Sure. Um, I think the second one goes to some of the tensions we talked about um, to start off with in the at the start of the podcast, and that is some of these tensions around things like bachelorette parties in gay bars um, and 
Um, and again, this is not a justification of sexual assault in any way or the reaction against it, and I'm not trying to make that very, very clear. Um, there is no justification for this behaviour. Um, but I think what, what a lot of gay men see is, in particular, things around bachelorette parties, which are a big complaint, um, is uh, a sort of women, a straight women um, feeling they also have a right to a whole bunch of gay space um, that uh, is, uh, which which people don't like. Um, and I think in many ways for good reasons at times. Sure, sure. Um, I think that there is definitely behaviour um, that occurs, which is sort of similar to what Shannon was talking about in the opposite end. And I've t spoken to lots of people who, uh, in you know, I spoke to a couple of people um, last night about this article, as well as some people in the past who talk about things like, you know, bachelorette parties coming in and there being, you know, similar examples of groping and all of that sort of stuff, unwanted touching and all that sort of stuff that occurs. Totally. And I that is not an excuse been for them. groped by uh, women in gay bars. Yeah, me too. And I know a lot of gay men who feel really uncomfortable with that, um, including myself. Um, and that is, again, not a justification for then turning around and saying, oh, well, if you can do it, we can do it too. You know, or, you know, like in that sort of, you know, you know, we can do it to whoever we want uh, and doesn't justify sexism. But I think that that is some of the underlying defensiveness that comes from it, um, that that is uh, what occurs. Um, so I think that those are two of the reasons why it occurs. And I think that the second one is a, is a bit more challenging around the sort of, uh, and this goes back to our discussion on safe spaces, around um, in particular bachelorette parties, which is a sort of common thing that occurs mm. and the, the, the sort of uh, women participating in, in gay male bars. Um, and I think that's uh, a real challenge of how to, how to balance that, I guess, is really difficult. Um, whilst at the same time just saying sexual assault is always bad. Totally, because it's not like... Never do it. It's not like... I mean, I've also been... Gro I mean, I've been groped more by men in gay bars, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yep, in, yep. in circumstances that are unwanted. And so I suppose I I would go back to what I was, um, I suppose, trying, I think, badly to get at around the Rio stuff. Because I really, you know, I really want to stress, again, with the Rio stuff, that I, I, I think that article was appalling and, and I think the whole the situation was terrible. I suppose what I'm, yeah, yeah. What I'm interested in picking apart is that it's, it seems to me that this is about something a little more complicated or a little more specific perhaps than safety or, or it's a very specific kind of safety that's being talked about when we when we talk about the inv invasion of these of gay spaces as a kind of threat to um, the idea of a kind of quote unquote safe space uh, that you know we are not talking about uh, being protected from um being groped by gay men i mean that's not that's something we don't really talk about at all um the the kind mm -hmm. of amount of sexual assault that goes on in gay bars between gay men all the time um so it's not i mean it's not about that um so then it it kind of goes back to this this uh dignity thing i suppose you know that it, that it is this really specific idea of somebody being there who we think don't doesn't have a, a, a right to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was thinking kind of, I suppose, along those lines about the fact that there are um, a lot of uh, gay venues in Australia or gay events that are like men only and, and bars can apply for uh, exemptions under anti-discrimination law to, to have that. So those, those uh, kind of men only bars, it's often framed as um, being about keeping out 
those uh, like bachelorette parties and kind of and those sort those sorts of events. But I kind of wonder why it's always kind of framed around women. It's always framed around like keeping women out of these spaces. You know, we mm. would never kind of talk about um, like queer only spaces in bars. I mean, that's that's just kind of not really. Uh, a thing, certainly not in in kind of mainstream gay bars. Like no one's complaining about, like unless they're kind of coming in and being really homophobic, like or violent or something. No one's complaining about straight men in gay bars. Um, and so I wonder then if it's not about kind of defending yourself against groping. Uh, it's it, it it's kind of specifically about. It seems to me that it is specifically about women's bodies here. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking up this bar that you're talking about in Melbourne, because I, I thought it was that, that that had done it as a gay-only bar, but it actually was the right to ban women to ensure it's... Uh, and I've just, I've just found an article, um, gay venue in Collingwood has won the right to ban women to ensure its patrons are not subjected to attempts by predatory females to turn them straight. Yes. Um, which is um, hilarious in many ways. And it is interesting that... Uh, so I'd always assumed that that was about sexuality, but it was not... Um, and it's interesting that uh, that it is about gender and it is about blaming women rather than making it queer only spaces or um, which is a very different just debate to when you have like when you're talking about queer spaces at on university campuses or in office places totally. and stuff like that or having queer caucuses and things like that which is about the queerness not about the gender. I find this uh, really problematic. Mm. I find it really, really difficult, um, and I have I have major issues with it. Um, I, primarily because I think it doesn't at all acknowledge. Uh, well, first of all, because it is about women's bodies, and it is about again about controlling women, uh, and it doesn't deal with a whole bunch of other. Uh, issues, you know, the 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 kind of violence that straight men, you know, participating against gay men or gay people or queer people or women in general doesn't engage with all of that sort of stuff. Secondly, uh, and I was thinking about this in um, context, there's a gay bar in Canberra that I haven't been to in years, um, but it um, started uh, when I when I stopped going there. It one of the things that it was doing was that if people were engaging in heterosexual looking activities so if, if a man and a woman were making out the security guards would go in and break them up and tell them this is a gay venue and you can't do that mm. and i just i hated it because it like did not engage with the sort of diversity of our community didn't engage with the diversity of sexuality you know what if that was someone uh two bisexual people who maybe were going in to find someone of the same sex but actually ended up hooking up with each other what if someone was uh you know what if uh, how do you identify the gender of that person how do you know that that gender that those people are identify as male or female how do you you know and 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 then finally people are having fun and enjoying themselves why are we here to break that stuff up? Mm. Why do we need to be doing that sort of um, stuff? Totally. Um, I and that's that's the sort of like you know the whole idea of banning an entire gender from a from a bar I find really difficult, um, particularly on this idea that women are the being the predatory ones who are coming in. Well, and I think what's what's different... interesting, particularly about that uh, case, is that it it has been framed as. Uh, it has been framed as as banning straight people. That um, yeah. it's kind of uh, you know they 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 it's like this sort of double speak. You know, it, it's it's like about creating this kind of safe space for gay men. But you dig down a little bit, and actually, they just care about keeping women out. It's not about kind of queer people yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that kind of like fig leaf has been sort of held up in a very um, 
minimal way. Um, so yeah, I mean that kind of just just doubles down on how gross it is. I mean I think what what's what the conclusion I've come to essentially reading all of these responses, particularly to Shannon's article and and thinking um, about the uh, the idea of kind of women in in these sort of quote unquote safe spaces generally is that what is actually being defended here by gay men is kind of sexual entitlement is the mm. the idea that gay men don't are saying that they don't want to be in a space where they don't have access to um, bodies that they desire at all times. And women being in those spaces is is a kind of affront to that, essentially. So it's not about safety, it's about access to sex. Well, and I think this goes down to some of these safety issues that you were talking about before, and that it's not about safety in terms of things like racism, it's not about safety in terms of body shaming, or the sexism that occurs within gay male communities in terms of things like um, sexism to people who are quote-unquote femme, or that sort of stuff. That, that sort of safety doesn't come into account. It's not about safety in terms of sexual assaults that occurs within gay male communities, which is something we don't talk about at all. No. Um, it's only safety in terms of uh, the safety of, you know, being protected from women. So I guess we have the, the, the right to not have women be in our, you know, be in our space. Um, and yeah, I can, see, I can see what you're saying. And I think the part of why I've found that so confronting is how just kind of neatly that tracks with broader conversations we have in society about violence against women, about uh, men's entitlement to women's bodies. Um, I mean, because that's like, it's so direct. You know, the story in Shannon's article is um, she was groped by a guy. Uh, she said, don't do that. He literally just did it again and then said mm. it was fine because he was gay. I mean, if that's not yeah. kind of like taking ownership over a, a woman's body, I, I, I don't know what is you know and this is coming from and we you know i think we like to think as gay men that we're exempt from misogyny that we're exempt from sexism that you know because we're not attracted to women and because as you were saying before we are kind of quote-unquote oppressed we we are not uh complicit in these um really kind of shitty things and it's been shocking to me how directly we have disproved that in this instance yeah, yeah, and I think maybe just to, to wrap this up, one of the things that's been interesting to me, uh, I've sort of posted that article on Facebook, and one of the things interesting to me is hearing from women friends, and this is something I've heard quite a lot, and this goes to the sort of culture of violence against women, is a lot of women have said, well, the reason we go to gay bars is because we don't feel safe in straight mm. bars, we don't feel safe in any bars, uh, and there aren't safe bars for women, um, effectively. Uh, and what we're doing is creating another unsafe space for women to participate in by actively um, groping, sexually assaulting them, and then claiming that we're doing that because we want to keep our, safe spa our space safe when it's actually, when their participation in it isn't creating an, any, any unsafety. Mm. Um, and that's the kind of awful thing about it is that it's, you know, let's make a whole, let's, let's, it's actually making a space more unsafe by the way we by the way a lot of people behave, but using language of safety to, to, to make that a real thing. And that's kind of disgusting. Mm, I agree. Uh, well, we might wrap it up there. Um, thank you all for listening. And we will be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the meantime, you can catch us on queers.podomatic.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. And of course, please leave us a review and a rating, which will help other people find us.
Uh, in the meantime, you can also find us on Twitter. I am at Ben C. Riley. And I'm at Simon Copland. And I'm going to do the thing where I keep meaning to do this. You can also find me on Facebook because I have a, like a Facebook page that I, <laughs> I'm much more active on my Facebook page than I am on Twitter. And on Facebook, I'm at Simon Copland Writer. That's all for us today. And we will see you next time. I'm looking forward to it.